little thing called murder. Hello, everyone. How are we? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. A new year. It was Christmas and now we're in 2022. (laughs) In almost February. I know. We suck, but hey, it is what it is. (laughs) You thought that we were coming strong (laughs) this new year. Nope. New year, same fuck ups. <laughs> I was just about to say, you say new year, new me. We say new year, same us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we've tried to record this a couple of times and you know what? I just wasn't feeling it. You know what? Yeah. When it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it's going to be an awesome fucking episode, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been? Over like literally the last month since I've talked to you. Oh my gosh. I think that's the longest we've ever gone without like talking. I know. Um, good for the most part, I think. That, that was a, that was a hesitant. Good. <laughs> well, I was, it was like, it was doing really great. You know, I made my Yule list of like all this, like, tw- cause there's 12 days of Yule. Yeah. 12 things I was letting go. And like, honestly, I 10 out of 10 def recommend um, you doing that. It's, it's very cathartic and very good. And so I'm like, this is our year. As TikTok says, this is our villain year. Everyone, this is the year, right? So I'm like, fuck, yes. Doing great. It's doing great. Oh, I was sick. Um, tested negative. I feel like I was still, I ha- might have had it. But by mm. the time I tested, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. And I was doing great. Um, and then I just like had a mental breakdown the other day. So oh. trying to go back up. But yeah. yeah, for the most part, great. How are you? I feel you. <laughs> Same there. Uh, since we talked to you guys last, I first started taking my antidepressants. I think they're starting to kick in. I'm starting to feel like myself again. But good. I've been struggling trying to get there. So, um, I love how we were like, yes, this is going to be our year. And the last time (laughs) I was so certain about it was 2020. (laughs) So now I'm just trying to like, be like, you know what? Live it day Mm -hmm. by day, you know? So speaking of that, it kind of relates my, I know we do our co-star at the end, but my like individual Mm co-star says, do, do the smallest thing possible. And honestly, that's how I'm getting through life right now. Just do the smallest thing. You don't have to. And this also, I don't know if I've said this on here, but it's um, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. So I know like even at work, I'll stress over something so much because it needs to be perfect. I have to have it perfect. Just fucking do it. Just get it done. Who cares? It's going to be done. Don't stress yourself out. Yeah. That's how I'm living life right now. And since but, you went with yours, I'll, I guess I'll do okay. my individual one now and then we can just do <laughs> the one together after. <laughs> Mine just says your desire is not the problem. So I feel that one. It's everyone else's, which is why it's your villain here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, if I scroll down, it says your version of social distancing is a way to avoid attention on your birthday. If that is not me... <laughs> 
god <laughs> oh my gosh that is hysterical but stay tuned till the end of our episode and we will read both of our collective horoscope yes to you by co-star not yeah sponsored but still but you can if you work for co-star reach out to us yeah come on <laughs> even though it's a free it. app <laughs> but also yeah this is a little thing called murder oh Welcome yeah 2022 oh my gosh look 2022 and we forgot what we're doing right? <laughs> yes you're listening to a little thing called murder if you didn't already hear Jaden in her intro <laughs> <laughs> we're saying it twice yes because there's too many fucking twos in this I hate that I just did that I feel like it was almost a dad joke <laughs> um Oh my gosh, we yeah. open up our uh, little Zoom call and I said, oh my gosh, it's been like a year since I saw you. And she's like, look at you with the dad jokes. <laughs> look at you. We love the dad jokes. Yes. But um, I don't, I mean, other than what we, what I just said on my part, I have nothing really new to talk about. Like nothing has happened in my life. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got a good juicy story for us today. Jaden has no idea what it is. However, no, so no the idea. sources that I have listed kind of gives away what I'm going to be talking about. So I'm going to say okay. rambling off my sources until the end for all of your sticklers. I will put my sources in the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sorry. My look was because mm, so what? sorry. No, here we go with a little a little tangent. <laughs> oh gosh, no, give it to me. I'm eating pizza, so if you hear me, that's what that noise is. But I bought this. Um, I want to take baths, right? So you want to what? Take baths, like in a tub. Oh, I thought you said dabs, and I was like, Jaden, <laughs> what? Oh, deal. <laughs> but anyway so I bought this like wooden um tray for the bathtub but it also the reason I bought this one is because it has legs so I'm sitting in bed right now and it's my table because I eat in bed a lot and Tyler hates me for it like another tangent I bought I brought a can of pineapple up here and I was getting in bed and I spilled it on the bed <gasps> Jaden Jaden you take that that's fucking right now no, no, no. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm having my pizza, right? And Nimbus is sitting on the other side of the tray. And we were talking, so I held it out. And he went to eat it. <laughs> I'll probably give him a little nibble of the crust, though. But anyway, can take a mouthful. That's, yeah. that's what <laughs> no, I looked at. I was like, oh, this man just tried to eat my pizza. That is so funny. I was like, what did I say? Did I do something wrong? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Continue. No, you're good. <laughs> so our story today. We're going to be following Issei Sagawa. Do you know him? Hmm. Mm-mm. No? Okay. Well, our little sounds, friend. I don't know. You'll but anyway, uh, tell me. I didn't I didn't know about this. I actually searched interesting cases and this popped up and I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, Wait. I gotta cover this one. You Googled interesting cases. Those are the words you used. Yes, ma'am. that's the title interesting cases perfect we nailed that right out the gate (laughs) so um i personally have not heard of this case don't know Jaden. maybe 
you'll pop in randomly and be like, oh, I know this case. Okay. But anyways, it's crazy. So, Issei Sagag- Sagag- <laughs> This is how it's going to be. New Year, same us. Same. Same Megan Keep that, that can't read. <laughs> I will. Issei Sagawa was born on April 26th. 1949 in Kobe, Japan. So he was born to wealthy parents Um, living in Japan. They were traditional, but they were also known as being loving. And he even says that he came from a very loving family. What? Does this have to do with suitcases? It does. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Anyways, I love that I literally got through three sentences. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Japan hit me and I'm like, okay, continue, continue. (laughs) So Sagawa's father, Akira Sagawa, (laughs) he was a businessman (laughs) who served as the president of Kurita Water Industries. Um. His grandfather um, had been the editor of a major newspaper company in Japan called the Asahi Shimbun. Shimbun? The Asahi Shimbun. I love how you picked the hardest case (laughs) names. And you're like, I'm going to do it. To be honest, whenever we get back... Whenever we get back to our um, ABC series that we just totally stopped because it's from Ukraine and all of the words are like that, yeah we still have that research from ages ago but it's gonna be so long so we've been putting it off because we're terrible yeah I love how like three episodes pass out we're like all right the next one is our ABC the next one is our ABC and we're like you know what well whenever we get to it that'll be the next ABC uh but still we we were we researched everything for that Mm -hmm. and then we're like no nah not so that was right after yet. Bundy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> did we only make it to D? <laughs> Are you kidding? We're so good at this podcast Wait, thing. What was it? Do do the smallest thing possible. <laughs> no big cases. You know what? I'm just going to keep saying that throughout this entire episode. Do the mm-hmm. smallest thing. Just do the smallest thing. <laughs> But okay, so anyways, I mean, I don't really have to go into like too much like Asian slang. So I don't think it's going to be super hard. It was just those words. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. I'm <laughs> laughing at you. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, um, his grandfather was the editor of a major newspaper company. So like father grandfather super wealthy well off privileged life all right Mm. so um Issei's mother was a stay-at-home mom so um when his mom was pregnant with him she had an accident she had fallen down a flight of stairs and almost had a miscarriage with him fallen down the stairs I think she actually I'm just kidding but yeah I know (laughs) all of the all of these stories are like yep they fell down the stairs yeah you can't (laughs) see us doing our quotation marks but hopefully you got the vibe yeah (laughs) so um 
Sagawa was born premature and he was reportedly small enough that he could fit into the palm of his father's hand. Which That's is like my brother. His really... whole arm was as big as my dad's um, finger. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. He, he looks normal now. You never yeah, know. He's fine. <laughs> Tall, lengthy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so um, Issei also had a brother who was two years younger than him. They were very close and their parents reportedly raised them like they were twins. So like would dress them in like the same outfit Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But as a result to Issei being a preemie, um, he had developed enteritis. I think I'm saying that right. Um, It's a disease of the small intestine. So the doctors would inject potassium and calcium in saline, which he was able to recover. Um, though (laughs) well yes kind of well i don't know if he's the killer or not so continue don't tell me i won't i won't but um (laughs) so he recovered from the the disease however the disease left him looking frail and sickly so like at top height of his Mm -hmm. life he topped out at four feet nine inches (gasps) oh god he he was short he was tiny and like if super, you, super skinny. If you go on to tell me that he's the killer and he uses his frailness to get someone's help, like pulls a Bundy, I swear to God. <laughs> oh no. Continue. Your laugh makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll continue. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, him looking this way made him very insecure. It ended up being like an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um so Issei's fragile health and introverted personality led him to developing a strong interest in literature. Um, it was a way for him to escape and be something other than the small little guy. Yeah, which is jade into a T through book. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden I'm wants to like, escape and not be the small honestly, little guy. I think I'm like four books ahead of schedule on my like reading challenge have a book schedule yeah i'm trying to read a hundred what books. is it's wrong like... with you <laughs> <laughs> i mean i kind of want to get more into reading i just can't do get it into like the uh like i can't get my focus in on it you need to give me give me a bunch of really solid books that you like that's I, your homework oh, i got you i <laughs> i can name them right now but i'll wait till after <laughs> perfect <laughs> So um, he ended up getting his master's degree in English literature. So Issei Mm -hmm. uh, would say early on, he knew something was off with him and that he was different. In a later interview said that when he was growing up, his uncle would come over to the house and they would play a little game where his uncle would dress up as a scary boy eating giant and chase the kids around pretending that he was going to put them in a big pot and cook them and eat them. So um, as his uncle would chase Issei and his brother around, then his father would rescue them. And it was all just like fun and games, you know, like innocent. Mm -hmm. But Issei would say like this game, it was more than just a game to him. It was this awakening of some kind. (laughs) So he remembers having a mixture of terror and excitement while playing this game. 
like it was thrilling to him. And he would say that this was just one of those moments that would stick with him throughout his life. Mm -hmm. So he would say that this is when he really became fascinated with stories involving like fairy tales um, about monsters, dragons, especially when they involved eating people. And his favorite story was Hansel and Gretel. No. (laughs) Get better idols. (laughs) I don't even remember Hansel and Gretel. Me either. I just know that they, with the witch and she wants to eat them and shit like that. Yeah. I don't like this story so far. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to rethink your hundred book uh, goal. (laughs) So Issei said that Um, Him and his brother, they grew up in a very tame, very loving, and especially very normal home. It's weird because, like, when you look back in his past, most Mm -hmm. serial killers, you have, like, okay, like, that kind of makes sense that they ended up being as messed Mm -hmm. up as they were. Here, not so much. But, like I said, his parents were more traditional and raised their kids that way. So, in their family, they never talked about sex, which given the time, nobody really talked about sex in like the fifties. Um, it, and I mean, I guess still today, it's kind of a taboo subject between mm-hmm. families, depending on how you're raised. Um, but we're, so <laughs> this thing happened, uh, when Issei got his first erection, um he at first said that he thought he was seriously ill he was like oh my god something's wrong with me like this totally isn't normal like freaking him totally out if you don't know like and they don't have computers to like research anything you know what I mean like he didn't have any type of sex sex education yeah like mom it's just (laughs) it's swollen (laughs) so (laughs) He's totally freaking out and he didn't know what was going on and he didn't know that he could uh, fix it, you know? <laughs> so he's feeling oh, these weird you. feelings. <laughs> no, I'm feeling weird feelings right now <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you say is feeling. <laughs> so no. um, it led him to participating in some questionable acts like for example um having the family dog lick um his ding-a-ling don't ever say (laughs) ding-a-ling again first of all but second he wait did he first confront his parents or someone was like what the fuck's up I don't, he goes straight to the dog i think he went right to the dog like all i could all i could find was he didn't know What's what the dog to do? gonna do. I don't know. If you thought you were injured, what the fuck is the dog gonna <laughs> when you break your arm, do you lick it? No, I guess he was too embarrassed to go to his parents about it. That poor dog. <laughs> I know. So Issei is like super young here when this happened. Um okay. and he said that his sexual desires start to become more distorted. So we moved to the first grade. So this is before first grade. I don't know how old, I couldn't find how old he was when uh, the dangling mm-hmm. story. <laughs> I told you not to say that. <laughs> so in the first grade, um, Issei said, and let me preface, this is in first grade. Um, mm-hmm. He said, quote, I was fascinated by a handsome boy's thigh. 
And quote, the first time I ever felt cannibalistic desires towards a woman, I was so shy, my hand shook and I felt like puking when I called her. But when I saw her pale thighs coming from her skirt, it made me want to taste her flesh, end quote. How does he know these words? I guess he read a lot. Yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, I got these quotes. I literally watched a whole bunch of um, interviews that he did. Mm -hmm. He is, the thing that bothered me the most, other than I'll get to what actually scarred me further down, and I texted, Mm -hmm. I I briefly texted Jaden kind of freaking out about it. Um, He is so matter-of-fact, so matter-of-fact, just like, say, like, saying all of this messed up shit mm-hmm. like it's fucking normal like the disconnect is yeah. alarming so as time went on Issei was growing more and more aware of his fantasies of eating thighs and um, how that's just not normal at the age of 15 he did try to seek help from a psychologist okay. um that's he good. called And when he found out that the doctor wouldn't allow him to have sessions over the phone, he was far too embarrassed to go. So he never went and never said anything. Too bad he didn't live right now. That's all we do. I know. That's what we preach. But so his parents never came out and said anything on record about their son. So it's unclear if they knew what was going on in his head or if they even knew that he Mm -hmm. needed help. And I feel like odds are they probably had no idea. In 1964, Issei is 24 years old, at this time studying at the University of Tokyo. One day, he sees a tall, beautiful German woman. She's walking by him down the street. And he said, quote, I was dazzled by her white thighs. Like, how creepy is that? That you could just be walking down the street and someone's like, I want to eat you. Jaden's face no. during this whole thing. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one summer, he decides to lean into those urges and he starts don't stalking this poor girl. Lean out. <laughs> totally lean out. <laughs> Swerve. Skirt right out of the way. <laughs> so, he would see her from time to time um, and notice that she was taking the same train. And he decided to mm-hmm. just follow her home one night. No, um, this and it is ed- why you don't drive the same way home. You switch up your routes because psychopaths. You don't have a routine. Yes. Routines get you killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Be a shitty person and don't have a routine don't have a planner don't have anything don't be punctual always be late be on time be the worst you can't be the biggest flake ever <laughs> keep them on their toes keep them yes. wanting <laughs> so sorry um no you're fine so he ends up following this girl who ends up being at um uh, i was seeing something said that she stayed at the same apartment building as his grandma did um I only saw like one report or like one Mm -hmm. source say that but um anyways so he's waiting outside her apartment and he's waiting to see her lights go off so once he knows that she's gone to bed um he breaks through her window wearing a Frankenstein mask 
and sees that she's laying in bed, sleeping, and that she's naked, as most no. tend to do when they go to sleep, you know? Yeah. So Issei um, has done countless interviews saying that he never intended to kill her. He just wanted to knock her out, grab a knife, and take a piece to eat. Like any, any fucking person, you know? Well, Don't quote, he like said that. a quote, small piece of Say ass. Say that again. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> because I was saying, don't you eat that to Nimbus because my cord was there. But then it relates. Don't, don't you eat that. It'll stay in. But I'm sorry. Say your, say your quote again. No, you're good. A little piece he of said, ass. He said, quote, knock her out, grab a knife, and take a small piece of ass to eat. He's an ass guy. like size. Just a, just a forewarning, he's an ass guy. Eating ass will never mean the same thing ever. Sorry, mom and dad. Oh, God. I know they're, they're going to listen. Um, there, there's no point to me being like, mom, dad, don't listen, because they just do. Like, yeah. They're like children. You tell them not to do something, and then they do it. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> So, so once he's inside, he starts looking around for something heavy to knock her out with. So what's the first thing he sees? A fucking umbrella. The man chooses a fucking umbrella. Well, he's four foot nine. (laughs) He's weak. (laughs) That's the heaviest thing he could find. (laughs) Now I don't feel bad being mean to him anymore. No, you shouldn't. And you won't. So... He grabs the umbrella and he's leaning over and his knee happens to brush up against her, waking her up and she starts screaming. So she grabs him and throws him to the ground and calls police. Good. Can you just like imagine this small guy just like, like, get off me. Like, like, bitch. Right. So Issei was arrested and he was being charged with attempted rape. And I mean, he's not going to say like, hey, sorry, I was actually only trying to get a piece of ass, you know? So he was just like, sure. Honestly, he probably said that. And they were like, yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, but anyways, Issei's father, like I said before, is super wealthy. So when he finds out, I know. When he finds out that his son is in trouble, he pays in a large unknown settlement to the victim and the charges end up being dropped. Did Mr. Issei learned his lesson? I don't think so. <laughs> he just got like a, not even a slap on the wrist. It was like yeah. a- Nothing. Try not to do that again. But like, if you do do something again, just know like your like daddy will come bail you out, you know? I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> I thought I did something and like you could hear it. And you were like, <clears throat> what? I, I've been holding that cloth because <laughs> you've constantly been talking and I didn't have anywhere to do it. Go ahead, cough. No, I did. <laughs> that death garble. But no, I. I like because a lot of the times when we're recording, I'll like do something and you'll be like, hey, it's picking up. Don't do that. And I did something and you were like, try not to do that again. And I was like, okay. 
you know, I would never <laughs> speak to you that way. <laughs> I know, but I was just like, okay. I'm sorry, I won't. Yeah. No, I'm talking to Mr. Issei. So after that failed attempt, he says mm-hmm. that his desires didn't go away, but they only well, got no stronger. Yeah, right? No way. So when Issei was finishing up his graduate program, he ends up going on vacation on a cruise to Greece. Sounds great. I wish I could do that, you know? So while he's on this cruise one evening at dinner, he shares a table with a butcher and his wife. And in the picture that they, the picture that they showed, like there was another person, but I mean, it doesn't matter to this story, but so Issei and Mr. Butcher get talking. So Issei's super interested in this guy's line of work you know as most are that we discuss on this podcast you know (laughs) (laughs) and um so he's asking this guy all about like what he does what it's like what he uses techniques etc so they chat for a while and Issei is probably just saying like I want to become a butcher so it doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. super weird like I guess But this poor guy is probably super flattered having someone come up to him that's taking an interest in, like, his profession. Because you know a butcher isn't, like, a big, like, fancy job. Not Mm -hmm. uh, hardly anyone wants to be a butcher, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but, like, he's unknowingly giving this advice to someone who's taking mental notes on how Mm -hmm. to do this to a person. So. I bet you he's fucked up now. Well, shooting ahead in our timeline. Don't tell me. After the incident, Uh Issei writes this poor Mr. Butcher a thank you letter. Telling him thank you so much for taking the time to explain to me how you do all this and whatnot. But at this point, like in time, Issei's story, what he did is like super well known. And, mm-hmm. like, the butcher never responded. So, like, just just take a second. Put, your, put yourself in this man's shoes. You receive a letter. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he probably knows what happened. So, from a killer saying, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me exactly how you kill animals. Mm-hmm. He has to live with the fact that, like, his techniques that he said to the, like this guy mm-hmm. were used on a person. Mm-hmm. And like, if he didn't talk to Issei, who knows this might not have, what happened might not even yeah. have happened, you know, mm-hmm. like that is so much guilt. I think that's so messed up. And mm-hmm. I was watching Bailey Sarian's video on it. And she was also saying like, this was the part that really got her. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's really fucked up. Yeah. So anyways, in 1981, Issei graduates from college and ends up moving to France to pursue a PhD in comparative literature at Sorbonne University, which apparently is a super fancy schmancy good school. Mm -hmm. Of course, daddy pays for it, you know? Yep. So um, he moves to a Latin quarter of Paris, France. And this area is super known for like student life and just there's always stuff going on. 
So Issei said that almost every night he would go out and bring a sex worker back to his place. But instead of, you know, like sleeping with them, um, Mm -hmm. he would wait for a moment when they had their backs towards him and like go to shoot them. But like he would freeze every single Mm -hmm. time and like chicken out Um, like he couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Imagine all of these women later like learning about this and being like, fuck, he was trying to kill me each time, but he just couldn't. Yeah, he didn't have the balls to. So in one of his classes, Issei meets a woman named Renee and he is instantly head over heels. So Renee Harvelt uh, was 25 years old and she was studying to get her PhD in French literature. She was originally from Holland. She was 5'10", stunning, super smart. She speaks three languages coming from someone that can't even speak one. Like, (laughs) I wish, I wish. And it's said that she was a very kind and trusting spirit. So she was one of the few students that ever made any attempt or effort to talk to Issei because he was super shy and withdrawn from everyone. I so- swear to God, if he kills her, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm not looking at your face right now because you're going <laughs> to give it away. No, I'm not. But anyway, mm-hmm. so <laughs> she invited him on a class night out to dinner with a few other students. Mm-hmm. So... Issei in an interview said it felt like destiny and it was just a really splendid night. Renee had even written a letter to her parents back home and said that she found Issei friendly and intellectual. So at this dinner one night, I'm kind of sharing from my notes, just remembering what I saw Mm -hmm. on one of these Mm -hmm. interviews. So at this dinner, um, a bunch of them were saying like, oh, I want to try Japanese food. Issei like corresponded a night for everyone to come over or coordinated court court coordinated yeah so Issei coordinated um a night for them to come over and he would cook them like traditional Japanese dishes and the only person to show up was Renee so and he like was saying like it just felt like destiny he was obsessed with Renee So, I mean, they were both extremely smart and had a lot in common, along with a lot of common interests. So it wasn't hard for the two to become quick friends. Mm -hmm. Issei, like I said, totally in love with Renee. He wrote her love letters and invited her to go to art exhibits and concerts. And I don't, I couldn't figure out, I, I don't think, but like these love letters that he wrote, I don't think he ever gave them to her. Because um, Renee just saw them as good friends. And Mm -hmm. she did agree to go out dancing with him from time to time because she enjoyed his company. I mean, Mm -hmm. you would do that with any friend. So eventually Issei goes up to Renee and he was saying that he was looking for someone to help him study German because he was struggling and asked if she could help teach him. Of course, he went on to tell her that he had a very wealthy father who would pay her for her time um, to help him. So she agreed. Issei would later explain that one of the reasons he really wanted to eat Renee was because she was healthy and beautiful, two characteristics that Issei felt he lacked. And it's so weird Like, as disturbing as it is watching 
these documentaries and interviews, you kind of feel bad for him. But then at the same time, you're like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Like it is such, it's, it's weird. (laughs) So um, he considered himself weak and ugly and small and wanted to absorb her energy through eating her. That doesn't if, happen. Have you ever eaten a chicken? No, it doesn't. Don't turn into don't a chicken. Absorb it. <laughs> Fuck. So Get a crystal, absorb its power. Don't I know? Absorb human. Right. Get Ugh. a crystal that helps with strength. Yeah. And self confidence, I guess. God, you fuck. So he said, "This is really gross. <laughs> this is really gross." <laughs> He said that if Renee would have allowed him to drink her urine or given him some of her pubic hairs, that that alone might have satisfied his desires. But he was too afraid to ask in the first place. But we all know that if he would have done that, one, he would be out of friend because I'd be like, Fuck. Yeah. Um, no, but you know that it wouldn't have satisfied anything. Mm-hmm. How I just don't understand how he was too shy to ask, but he's gonna kill her, right? I. So one evening, Issei invites Renee over for dinner. He was asking her to read him a poem um, by one of his favorite German writers, and she was like, "Sure." So she sits down at his desk and she's reading mm-hmm. him the poem. And Issei had a rifle hidden in a drawer on the other side of the room. Um, there were different reports that say that this was the night that Issei initially tried to shoot Renee um, when she wasn't paying attention, but the gun ended up jamming and Renee Good. just, I guess, didn't hear the click or have any idea that that happened. Um, and Issei, yeah, and Issei just like kind of, tucked the gun away like real quick and pretended that nothing happened. So when Renee left for the night, Issei went batshit. He went batshit crazy. Um, You know, like when you're hanging out with like your significant other or like having Mm -hmm. someone over and they're like chilling on the couch and then they leave and then like the pillow kind of smells like them. Like you go to sit down and then like you put your head on the pillow and you're like, oh, that Mm -hmm. kind of smells like him. But that's like it. So, so Renee left and Issei smells the chair that she had been sitting in and like to smell her scent. Yeah. And he went as far as licking the chair. Um, <laughs> Issei wanted Renee all to himself and promised himself that he was going to eat her, um, allowing him to possess her forever. How romantic. I fucking hate these people. Just like Bundy. He was just going to keep them all to himself. I right. fucking hate people. Just let them fucking live. No. Get a Barbie doll. You can have the Barbie doll all to yourself. Or or you could play Sims. Mm-hmm. And literally do all of this shit to them. Like, please tell me that you've never deleted all the doors and set the house on fire just to see what would happen (laughs) or drown them (laughs) what yeah Jaden. i'm sorry 
Okay, well, anyone else with a normal person that doesn't like books? Because <laughs> if this story teaches you anything, it is do not read books. <laughs> yes, do not read them. But I, I don't always think me and him. What's that? I don't think me and him are reading the same books. I can guarantee that. Probably not. I would probably be reading the same books. As him? Yeah. I love like, okay, so the books that I tend to gravitate towards are like the few that I've read. Other than like, I did get like totally obsessed with The Fault in Our Stars. That was a good Mm -hmm. book. And then I was super disappointed by the movie because they totally left out a character, but Mm. we're not going to talk about that. Um, I like a lot of like thrilling horror books that are like mysteries, true crime. I mean, are we surprised? Yeah. So like, I mean, to be fair, I probably am going to be reading a book where someone dies, you know, yeah. not, I'm not looking for books that where people are solely eaten, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that, those are the books you read? That, I mean, at, at least as a kid, those are the books that he gravitated towards. About cannibalism? Yeah. Like, like Hansel and Gretel was his favorite book. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say like, how the fuck, why, why did no one fly him if he's just constantly checking out books about cannibalism? <laughs> Right? They should have a system. No, um, you got some fantasy, um, spicy, fantasy, spicy, or murder. That's those are the categories. <laughs> I like fantasy, spicy. I remember reading the Shades of Grey book for the first time, and I was like, mm. "What is this?" Yeah, if you, <laughs> I can give you even more <laughs> spice if you want it. <laughs> oh shit. But, like, even then, like, <laughs> I remember I was way too young to be reading um, Fifty Shades of Grey. My friend at the time um, had them, and we would read them together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then I remember, like, around the same time my mom had mentioned with, like, she was talking to, like, my grandma or something, and they mentioned mm-hmm. Fifty Shades, and they were like, it's the worst book I think I've ever, like, I, it's horrible. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay I didn't say a word <laughs> but anyway so back to our story <laughs> July 11th 1981 Issei invited Renee over for dinner again this time he had a cassette recorder and he asked her if he could record her reading the poem aloud that way he could listen back and practice to himself. She agreed. When I she mean, was dead. Well, she's alive. No, I meant like to listen back after he kills her. Oh, I guess. I don't know. But um, I mean, that's not like a super, like if you're tutoring someone in another no, I know. language thing, like, like you wouldn't think anything of it, yeah, you know? No, no, no. Yeah. So he's playing it cool, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> when Renee arrived to Issei's house, they actually sat on the floor and like hung out a little bit first and Issei offers Renee tea but she didn't know that it was spiked with whiskey which kind of doesn't make sense to me because it's like if you even put a drop of whiskey in like water you can taste it so Mm -hmm. she didn't know I'm I'm going by she didn't know maybe he just said oh it's some fancy tea it's it's my family's 
my family's traditional yeah. tea and that's mm-hmm. just how it tastes that would be some pretty yeah. nasty tasting tea but anyways yeah. so they're just chilling sitting on the floor chatting and he says oh he's waiting for the alcohol to kick in so she's a little more relaxed some time passes and he noticed she seemed to be a little more relaxed and that's when he takes the opportunity to pour out his love for her totally spill his heart open and like i can only imagine the deep emotional shit he's saying with him being a lit major yeah like and being all into like that stuff you know like hopeless romantic but apparently this was a total shock to renee because she had or thought that she made it clear that they were just friends Mm -hmm. So she responded saying how much she valued their friendship and she wanted nothing more than just that. Yeah. So just trying to let him down easy and not upset him. So you say responded. Why why are um, girls um, afraid to say no to boys? I don't know because I'm terrified to say no to boys. (laughs) Oh, no, I was being sarcastic. Uh, Facts because it could get you killed. Exactly. That's that was that was what I was implying. Like barely didn't come across. I mean, I feel like either way she would have answered here, she'd be dead. Yeah. So. No, I that I was just never mind, just keep <laughs> No, I see where you were getting. I see you where really you were think you really think I was asking why are girls like there's nothing that like I couldn't see that she was gonna be murdered it was just oh a random genuine question that just popped in your mind and you were like you wonder why hey. oh, God. not relating to anything anyway anyway <laughs> so Issei responded by saying that he understood and that they should just get to the poetry and gets up gets his book and hands it to her So she sits down at the desk and he starts the tape recorder. So as she starts reading, um, her back is to Issei, who's creeping up behind her. Mr. Little Midget creeping up with his 22 caliber rifle in his hand. This time, he finally does it. He follows through, shooting Renee in the back of the neck. Apparently... There was a moment where Renee kept reading the poem before falling to the floor dead, which is really creepy. Like that, oh, I, that's like a detail that I really didn't want to know yeah. about. Like, ew, ew. I never want to hear that tape in my life. No. Um, and the whole thing was recorded on the cassette. He's a fucking okay. idiot. Yep. So Issei said, after he shot Renee... She fell to the ground and that he went into shock himself and that he fainted. You little bitch. (laughs) Like, if you're going to do it, just do it, man. Like, you can't be fainting. I have no words for him. No. And like, I'm sorry I'm laughing. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. When he comes to, he was thrilled to see that he completed his lifelong goal. And now that he gets like, now he gets to eat her. So he said he laid a towel under her head and then he undressed her 
and that he had everything planned out in his mind, knowing which part he was going to eat first. Can you guess what part he ate first? Um, I'm going with ass. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. God, <laughs> I hate no. myself. I hate That's myself. the title. That's the title. <laughs> so, yep, you guessed it. But get this. So apparently, Issei didn't like blood and that he was afraid that the left butt cheek would be more bloody because it's closer to the heart. But <laughs> Okay, but so he did... <laughs> How did he think he was going to fucking cut this person apart to eat her? Your guess is as good as mine. So Dumb bitch. He was guzzling, guzzling mm-hmm. the dumb bitch juice. Oh my God. He was chugging. He was shotgunning. So Issei goes right in for it. Takes a big chunk of ass. And um, Wait, just like, just he just like takes an, like, full it's front. on his plate. Oh, with his mouth. Yeah, with his mouth. How? How uh, could you do that? Issei quickly noticed that um, his teeth weren't sharp enough to penetrate the skin. So the dumbass grabs a fruit knife from the kitchen and then realizes that that wasn't sharp enough either. (laughs) Jaden's face. I'm right now, because he's the size of a child, I'm picturing (laughs) a child. trying to eat this person and i'm like how fucking dare you like it's very sad that oh my god yeah she was killed but it's even more sad that like she was he kept trying on. to do these things yeah and he kept trying to do these things and they like weren't working so it's like she's just being disrespected more than if he was like just better yeah. at it i don't know why that makes sense in my brain but that's no i get it, it i get it because yeah i totally agree with you and maybe people that have different mindsets than we do <laughs> probably are like what the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs> no but like no i get it because if if i knock on wood hopefully it never happens but if i were to be murdered by someone who wanted to eat me um <laughs> if they like you were talking to a fucking butcher yeah why wouldn't you I just thought- <clears throat> go with that what kind of fucking knife were you using did you use a knife cool 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 thanks step right. one use a fucking knife instead this oh, dumbass yeah. goes face in face first so I don't understand how his teeth weren't sharp enough though when I was a small child a girl bit my cheek I'm pretty sure her teeth were sharp enough. Do you also have like calcium deficiency, right? That's what makes your teeth strong. I mean, it also said that it this disease that he had when he was a baby left him frail and weak. So he probably was trying with all his might and mm. literally it ended up being like you a were, nibble. Mm. You were such a little shit. Your teeth aren't even fucking strong enough. God, I hate him so much. <laughs> and again, I am watching these interviews and he is saying all of this just matter of fact matter of fucking fact this is gonna be a controversial statement (laughs) go for it go for it but i wish (laughs) (laughs) i wish the mom would have 
fallen harder down the stairs. I think I think most of us can agree. And I feel yeah. like when you hear like stories of like serial killers that like, I mean, there are a few where like there's trauma before the baby's mm-hmm. born and ends up having some sort of issue mm-hmm. that most would agree with that statement. Yeah. And I almost made it at the beginning, but I wasn't sure if he was the victim or not. So I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but um, Bailey Sarian, she like started off her video because I also watched her video. I watched mm-hmm. so many videos and like <laughs> went through different stuff because I also wanted to grab like some of the interviews and I wanted to yeah. get it from him just because I knew mm-hmm. that it was what it was, you know? Yeah, he was um, there. Bailey Sarian starts off like her video she was like cannibals can't live with them we could definitely live without them (laughs) (laughs) accurate right so anyway teeth don't work fruit night doesn't work so he has the bright idea of going to the store and um he buys a curved meat knife and comes back he doesn't have Sorry, he doesn't have any other fucking knives in his house. Where the fuck does he eat? I don't know. I mean, like when you also well, when I think about it, like any Japanese. I don't want this to be like a like a like stereotyping <laughs> comment because like Japanese food, all I've really had were like noodles and sushi. Not really anything that you need like a steak knife to cut with. I don't want like that all- to be like a stereotyping like yeah like a racist but also, comment but if i'm into cannibalism i feel like i like to eat other meat too i feel like he should eat more steak and know how to fucking cut a steak and you should probably have a knife how unprepared are you i'm so pissed off maybe it's just my anxiety i'm like why didn't you fucking plan this out better maybe this is like, why that we haven't recorded like at all <laughs> But, but also because, when sorry, sorry, when sorry. I think no 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 when I think about it back in college my go-to was ramen you don't need knife you don't need a knife to cut yeah. ramen yeah but he's a rich person I yeah. feel like rich people eat things fair <laughs> rich people eat things yeah we're too poor to eat food <laughs> let's have a side of caviar yeah so anyways so the steak knife obviously fucking worked. Um, he proceeds to cut Renee's body up again, starting with her butt, then mainly focusing on the breasts and her face. Um, and he also started experimenting. He would cook the meat. He would try it raw. He would try it with different sauces like ketchup, mustard, butter. Um, and um, in case if any of you guys were wondering, because I know you are. Um, Issei, in interviews, said that he was surprised at the corn-colored nature of human fat, and he found the meat soft and odorless, and it melted in his mouth like raw tuna. You're welcome. I thought people said it tasted like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love tuna, so like, why you gotta go ruin tuna for me i'm glad you didn't say salmon because man raw salmon is my shit i fucking love that salmon's good <laughs> but ask my roommate i am notorious for making tuna melts mm. i'm so sad but anyways so Apparently, like, you could be a cannibal 
apparently i mean hey i'm already interested in true crime so i'm halfway there (laughs) however i think where i differ is i can't even kill a fucking spider yeah let alone like if i think i've said something to upset you i will hound you for months being like i'm so (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to upset you i'm so sorry even after you're like megan it's fine i'm like are you sure are you positive like are you still upset with me is there anything i can do to like totally erase that from your memory like i'm too much of an empath to be um a killer (laughs) i told tyler because i saw this tiktok and they were like if you live with like a anxious person or an empath or something just constantly just tell them hey i'm not mad at you hey i'm not mad at you you're just sitting there chilling hey i'm not mad at you hey that is all you need i'm not mad at you that is all you need right that's Uh yes of course (laughs) and then i'm also the person to always be like i'm so thankful for our friendship like Like, remember that one day I texted you out of the blue? I sent you this whole long novel on, so like, cute. how much I, how much our friendship means to me. I should do that more often, but then people will think I'm weird. No. <laughs> when it's not the right people. Facts. But also, I knew that you were having, you were struggling. So I was like, oh, yeah. hey, just so you know, you're appreciated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not mad at best. you. Yeah, I'm, not, oh, I'm not mad at you. the best. Oh. Okay, let's get back no to you. our um, no question. You. <laughs> that is how I am on the phone. I can never end a call. I can never end a call. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Yeah. Like, That's why we normally have to be like, I'm leaving right now. Goodbye, hang up. Yeah, no, honestly, guys, you think we're joking. We actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so back to our friend Issei. Yeah. So he fried up some of the meat and tried baking different parts, but said he didn't like the greasy consistency that he was getting most of the time. So he just kept experimenting with different techniques on how to cut the human meat. Um, And Issei said that, oh, go ahead. Okay, in my head, in my head, I'm picturing him in the kitchen and her body's still just laying on the carpet. Is that what's happening? I believe and is it just so. they, bleeding out? Like, what the fuck is he doing? That's a great the question. The towel's not going to do anything. I know. Well, that's also the other thing is, like, they never really, they don't specify. They really don't specify. I need so, to know. <laughs> so, Issei said that during this time, during all of this, he's getting very aroused. And he's telling Renee that he loves her for the first time. And said that that night he brought Renee brought Renee's body to bed um, and kisses her for the first time and they had sex and then they cuddled he cuddled her knowing that the next day he was probably going to have to dispose of the body because of the flies I'm confused <laughs> so As are many. He's, he's cut up her face right mm-hmm. her butt mm-hmm. her breasts mm-hmm. but he brings this into his bed what does he kiss her she doesn't have a face what's where's he put his penis right and he's just gonna hold on to nothingness that's that's what he's doing it's very sanitary it's very sanitary i'm confused (laughs) so then i don't want to know but i'm confused (laughs) so the next morning isei says that he was excited because he realized the flies haven't shown up yet and that her body didn't go bad. 
So he goes on to continue cutting her up and sampling different parts. And then he went on to upgrade to an electric carving knife. Gone. We've upgraded people. So now at this point, he's putting all of like his cherished parts that he wants to save into Ziploc baggies and putting them in the fridge, I guess, for later, like a, like a midnight snack like kind of deal. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I feel like you should freeze that. That's what you do long term. I know. I, <laughs> I don't think Say has really uh, thought that far ahead. Now, during each stage of dismembering her body, Issei takes fucking photographs no. of each stage. So after two days, uh, the flies start to show up and um, he knew it was time to get rid of her. So he cuts the body up further into smaller chunks. He wraps up in a bed sheet. I guess that's what he used like his it was a bloody bed sheet. So I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. the bed sheet that he uh, kissed mm-hmm. her for the first time. Yeah. Ian has all his DNA on, so that's a smart move. Right. Where, do you have any idea where, like, DNA was back in the 50s over in France? Oh. Hmm, I have no idea. I feel like it wasn't very uh, advanced because, what, Bundy was, like, the 80s, right? 70s, 80s? Yeah, hold on. He was the first serial killer. Check for France, because that's where this was. Okay. Anyways, so while she looks that up, I'll just like finish off this little segment that I have here. So he wraps the remaining smaller chunks in these bed sheets. And um, throughout this whole time, he's sampling and taking bites of different parts that didn't have any flies on them. And um, he starts brainstorming um, and comes up with a very well thought out, thought through plan going and buying two suitcases mm-hmm. Jaden, this is where the suitcases come in yeah he I've, I've I have heard the story but I it was so long ago actually I know exactly where I was while when I first heard this but I kind of forgot about it and I feel like you gave me more details oh yeah but I went all in on the details that's why that exactly one night I was that's why <laughs> that night when I was like oh we'll do this. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept finding more and more and more. And I was like, I think I can get done by eight o'clock, but also knowing how we are when we record, we might want to push it off a day yeah, or three. Yeah. I was cleaning the litter boxes (laughs) in our second apartment up in Michigan, because I think maybe MFM who's who I was listening to. I don't know, but I think they like, they, that's how I learned about it. And that's what I was doing. I was cleaning the litter. I wonder if I heard this one. I'm, <laughs> I took a break on MFM, especially when I started working from home and I went back to, um, now I'm really stuck on mile higher. Um, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 recommend that podcast. They, they're just, they really did so well with like their branding, like mile higher. They talk about topics that get your mind just like totally mm-hmm. like you you feel brain dead after listening to an episode from them because they just talk so deep I think you talked about them before yeah 
I think yeah. I, I think I covered a case that they may have covered. I, oh, I, I'm not so. sure. Or yeah, I think so. Or there was something that they talked about that I ended up bringing up on a side tangent. But yeah. like they're talking about I, I just finished. Um, They do a lot of true crime, too, but they do like um, ancient civilizations, mm-hmm. um, aliens. They do. They were talking about like water and how like just I can't even get into it because I will go off on a full blown tangent. <laughs> And you know, this is the podcast of tangents, which it's okay. But like, also, I don't want to have to be stuck editing a four hour podcast. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) Getting back on track. Let's go. (laughs) Did you find when DNA or where DNA was? Like the 80s. Okay. So this was before DNA got its headway. But um, But also, I'm tired of him saying that oh yes and then I got a plan I was ready to execute about the suitcases yeah you also said you had a plan to cut up the body and you didn't so I don't have any fucking faith in you whatsoever well just wait for this plan that he uh whips up because it's super like I said well thought and well thought through Mm -hmm. so he buys two suitcases and um he lives kind of close to this local park uh which has a lake in it and he was going to dispose of them there, hoping like he'll he tossed the suitcases in, hoping they would sink and that would be the end of mm-hmm. it, you know, like like yeah. hands clean kind of deal. So he calls up for a cab and asks the cab driver to take him to Boude Boulot. Okay. I probably butchered that. Sorry for any of our French listeners. <laughs> But um, which was five miles from the city center of Paris and is the second largest park in Paris. It's um, almost three times the size of Central Park in New York City, Hmm. which if you've ever been, is totally massive. Mm -hmm. So Boudet Below um, has several gardens, several lakes. Get this. It has a zoo and an amusement park. So perfect place to dispose of a body, you know? There's probably no one there. Right? Absolutely no one. Totally, totally secrete. So like, it's not, it's real. It has an amusement park. It's not like a low key place where you would walk through and be like, yo, I could totally kill someone like, Mm -hmm. and, and dispose of them here. It's a very popular spot. And on top of it, it's around 8 PM. And are you kidding? I figured. I figured it was like during the fucking day. Like I said, well thought through. And um, anyways, he calls the cab driver to pick him up. And the cab driver helps you say with his bags. And get this. The cab driver made a comment about how heavy the bags were. And he was like, what do you have in here, buddy? Exactly. <laughs> he said something like that. And like in the um, interview that I watched Issei literally said that the um, cab driver has his bags and he made the comment about there being a corpse in there. And so Issei responded kind of like laughing at all, saying that they were full of books. Mm-hmm. So, like These bags are super heavy. Obviously, um, there's a five, 10 foot yeah. woman. I mean, chopped up and like parts are missing. But still, like when you think about it, that's that's a that's heavy. Yeah. So. When Issei was dropped off at the park, he was trying, please imagine this four foot nine 
man carrying, not carrying, dragging these suitcases and people are still out. He said people were still out sunbathing and Issei felt like everyone was staring at him. Yeah. Cause they were. Yeah. I mean like abort, if you're abort the plan, right? Exactly. As most would think, like if I were him, I would be like, you know what? Take me to the airport and then just totally leave the bags in like the parking lot by like yeah. all the cars. You know what I mean? But, um, so like he's struggling and people are just like, what, what are you doing? Like, obviously not like they're minding their own business, but like, you're mm-hmm. going to notice someone struggling with bags. Yeah. So he says, eventually he found a quiet place and pushed the bags down a slope to the lake and that he had absolutely no energy left at this point. And, um, I guess he took a break. Like these bags are still sitting there. And I saw some, some like article said that he sat on a bench and fell asleep and others just say that he kind of like walked forward. He said from himself, this is from Issei. He said he noticed the sun was setting and it had turned everything red. It was beautiful. And he said for the first time, everything was in color. He also noticed that there was an old man with a child around, but while he was mesmerized by this gorgeous sunset, he heard someone scream. So he looked behind him to see a man opening his bag. And, um, he asked if like, before he really opened it, he asked Issei if the bag was his and Issei said, quote, if I told him it was, he might've left but I impulsively said no. So this guy opens up the suitcase, probably thinking like, well, he's probably thinking that there's like what a million bucks in there, you know, you never know. And, um, so (laughs) he opens, (laughs) I like the voice. (laughs) That's exactly what he sounded like when he was exactly one, like literally super excited. I'm about to be a million, a millionaire. So this guy opens it and sees the bed sheet covered in blood and he screams. This is what I don't understand. He screams murderer, but he's, and Issei said that he screamed this to a woman up the hill and Issei just simply walks away. Just not causing, like not pointing anything to just walks away. I would have had a panic attack way back when the cab driver asked if there was a dead body. I would have had a I panic would've... attack holding the gun. I would, yeah. I would have had a panic attack when I saw that I had a boner. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly. For the first time. <laughs> I would have just been like, it has to go away at some yeah. point. <laughs> so obviously I don't know what it's like to have a boner. I do wonder sometimes, like, what does it feel like? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Megan's thoughts. Oh God, I always forget. <laughs> so obviously police were called to the scene and um, they investigate the suitcases and they ask witnesses at the park what they saw. And multiple people reported saying they saw a small Asian man pushing the suitcase down <laughs> to the end of the lake. The small, the small. <laughs> come on that's a sore spot for him you know <laughs> Good. I hope 
fucking is. I'm gonna say all of me shit. Right. But that's about it. That's all they got from these witnesses. So these suitcases were taken to the local mortuary where they were unpacked and examined. They discovered the gunshot wound at the nape of the neck and portions of her flesh were missing. So photographs were taken of the body for evidence reports, but unfortunately they were leaked and sold to a popular French magazine, which led them being published everywhere. Her bought like in a magazine. Yep. And guess what photos popped up when I was doing my research? But my thing is, I would sue that magazine. Oh my God, yeah. For intentional infliction of emotional distress, or at least negligent infliction of emotional stress. Like, you really think that wouldn't, like, oh God. Friends, let me, let me read you the text that I sent to (laughs) Jaden. I said... This is Friday at 5.35 p.m. Love when I'm continuing to watch random interviews on this character, in all caps. They show the leaked photos of the victim and it actually scars me. I got up to go to the bathroom and went to throw up and almost passed out. All caps. And this shit's on YouTube. I mean, I gave, like, they gave a disclaimer um, that most people put when they talk Mm -hmm. about topics like this but like bro i like part of me wants to see it but part of me doesn't i mean honestly i've seen worse however when i was watching the doc like it wasn't a documentary it was a vice interview Mm-hmm. they just popped up there was no warning no nothing they just flashed the pictures oh. on the screen like unwarranted totally cut me off guard and I wasn't ready and it just hit me in a way that I was not expecting I've never almost got physically ill from doing any research for anything and um I did have some crazy dreams that night oh god yeah it was it was not it was not fun, especially after going off of um, not being in the best men- mental state. And the one day yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's get back to it. I'm feeling good. Yeah. And yep, <laughs> karma's a fucking bitch. <laughs> so here's a disclaimer. Not a disclaimer. Here's a warning. We might be cut out, but describe what the picture would look like if I were to look at it. So okay. I can tell the slide. I mean, it wasn't like anything super horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, disclaimer, I, I'll kind of lightly, because also it, it sucks because she was a victim and she doesn't deserve to have her pictures floating around the way that they mm-hmm. are. Um, yeah. it, it's not right. It's not how anyone should be Mm-mm. portrayed as after they die. Yeah. But um, so when you look at the picture, like her leg is completely severed. Um, just like she's just open in random spots her one breast I couldn't tell if the other one I wasn't looking very hard yeah but her one breast was totally gone um her lips were gone um like just pieces around her face were gone like it just was like I think the part that shocked me the most was like this is a real fucking person yeah and I mean most of the pictures are but they also are 
like there's a disclaimer before or Mm -hmm. some sort of warning or something that kind of like brings the pictures like too like warranted I guess but this is a vice interview on YouTube and they just pop up I just I wasn't ready for it honestly if you look at it it, you probably would be like oh that's that's disturbing but like not anything like I don't know why but it just totally like I mean if you're not ready for it yeah yeah Oh, so it's based. So I mean, obviously, I know there are parts of her missing, but it's really just like he cut her up so he she could fit in these suitcases. Oh, uh, kind yeah, kind of. I mean, like her okay. whole torso is still like intact, with her like neck and her head like that's mm-hmm. all still intact. Um, I I truthfully didn't look closer. Oh, that's fine. Then I was just trying needed. to figure. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look them up, like they're there I'm not going to post them on the um Instagram oh yeah no because yeah I don't need anyone else going through that but so yeah that uh ruined my Friday night (laughs) 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 I guess you could probably see why but yeah Yeah. super super fucked up that they were leaked and you know it was someone with some like greedy hands that were like oh I have these pictures do you want them and sell them um, it didn't take investigators long to find Issei. They reached out to local cab companies asking if any of their drivers <laughs> had a client that had some really heavy suitcases. Sure enough, one of the drivers came forward and said he did the day before. They also were able to find that it was Issei um, through tracing the bag purchases. This is now four days after the crime, Issei was arrested, and to investigators' delight, he confessed right away. Kind of like he was doing in all of these interviews, everything matter of fact. So well, probably because he thought his dad was gonna get him off. Why wouldn't I confess? My dad well, got me off last time. I mean, also, um, on top of that, they found Issei's special stash in his fridge. But Issei said, quote, I felt relieved. I thought now I can finally communicate with people like about this issue that he's been having. (sighs) Uh, You could have communicated. You just didn't want to go into the fucking psychiatrist's office. Like. This case really does make my head hurt. Yeah, it pisses (laughs) me off. This poor girl, because you couldn't. Oh, God. Well, just wait. Just wait. You're about to be so happy. No. So, um, Issei was locked up for two years awaiting trial. During this time, he was interrogated by three psychiatrists who concluded that he was mentally insane. Well, Daddy Warbucks comes to Issei's rescue once again, um, paying for the top defense lawyer. And despite his confession, despite multiple witness accounts, and despite the evidence found in Issei's apartment, the judge found Issei legally insane and unfit to stand trial, and these charges were dropped. The French courts sentenced Issei to be held indefinitely in a mental institution. So, During this time, Renee's parents never spoke to the media and neither Mm -hmm. did Issei's parents. Um, While Issei was 
at this institution, a Japanese author came by to visit Issei who wanted to write a story about the crime. And he went straight to the source and interviewed Issei. Again, Issei speaks everything very matter of fact, like you're just picking Mm. your kid up from daycare, you know? Yeah. I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind, but anyways. (laughs) So this book that he wrote was quote, in the fog, end quote, um, which went very in depth on the case. I didn't read it. I don't have time or mental capacity to read that shit. Um, Plus I don't put that much effort into researching. Just kidding. It honestly, you don't realize how much effort goes into this shit until you start mm-hmm. a podcast. Yeah, seriously, man. It's like writing a essay or like not even an essay. It's like writing a novel for every episode. But anyways, um so it went very in-depth on the case and it included all of those leaked photos and it went on to sell over 200,000 copies. I don't know how you, hmm. I don't either. And but in, like, if you don't have like permission from like the victim's family to like make money off it, I feel like you shouldn't. Right? I mean, that's what every normal person would think. Yeah. And in the Vice interview, like Issei has the book and he opens it and he's like, you guys are all sick. Like. He says that? Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe like you people would like want to know what what's going on. I mean, like we we do that but i wouldn't be buying a book like especially knowing how this guy like went about it like yeah i don't know about this author i don't know what his morals are but clearly if he's including all of the leaked photos like that's fine go to isay get his whole account you don't need those fucking pictures yeah you don't like there's no reason it's it's not a fucking picture book it's weird anyways So, however, before Issei could even begin any type of treatment in this this mental asylum or wherever he's at, the French public grew extremely upset that Issei was being kept at their expense through their tax money, which is understandable. He's Mm -hmm. from Japan. Why are we paying for him to get treatment here? Therefore... Issei was deported and sent back to Japan. And Issei even said, like, by the time I got off the plane, they already had their minds up, like, what they wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. Issei was then sent to a hospital in Tokyo, and psychologists examining him declared him as sane but evil. His sexual perversion was his only motivation for murder. So Japanese authorities tried to put Issei on trial for murder, but the charges got dropped because the French refused to hand over the necessary court documents. So there wasn't any evidence for a trial in Japan. And without any evidence leaking Issei to Renee's murder, the Japanese courts were unable to charge him. So he was held there for 15 months while they were trying to figure this all out. And because the French authorities didn't hand over the documents, Issei was able to check himself out of the hospital on August 12th, 1986. <laughs> Jaden, are you 
Are you fucking kidding? I wish I was. I really wish I was. You look like you're about to start crying. (laughs) I'm so pissed off. The disrespect to this poor girl. Like, countries, you need to get your fucking shit together. He's now free. Mm-hmm. And but he brutally murdered her, and sh- her dead body is now everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's free. Mm-hmm. So I have no words. You can continue. <laughs> the response in Japan was a lot different from the response in France, and his crime kind of made him a cultural icon, I guess. So he went on to do countless interviews there's so many fucking interviews with this guy um like i said just matter of fact lays it all out on the table so he's done countless interviews countless like he's had a role in a movie um he was shout out in uh, i want to say a guns and roses song um He's done a few pornos. Um, one of them where they test his strength and kind of degrade him in like a fetish sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then the other, he spent 24 hours with this girl in an apartment and they have sex like three times or whatever. I didn't watch it, but like they have like Obviously. on the vice <laughs> clearly, you know, I go all in on my research. Yeah. But, for um, science. That's why I'm watching this. For, for science. science. <laughs> but um, he was going on in this Vice interview saying like that he spent 24 hours with this girl. And like you could see this part of this video, mm-hmm. I guess, where they already had sex and everything and they've been all together for 24 hours. And as soon as the 24 hours hits, he then tells her what he did and she didn't know no and showed her the book with all the pictures and you're getting this girl's like it's like a reality tv show thing like you're getting her raw reaction and she's in this cab like sobbing like it's so fucked up um however they went on to be friends later i don't know my thing is if you're watching porn why do i care about her reaction to this I don't know if it's just some and, sick, medistic, fucked but up But why? Shit. I don't understand how. Because, like, now I want to know, like, was the sexual shit they were doing, like, crazy, like, fetishy thing? Because then, okay, maybe I can understand why you want to tell her about this sick thing. But, like, if it was just, like, you know, quote, normal. I mean, they were just, like, from what I saw in the Vice interview, um, they were just sitting on a, like, he was on a chair and she was on a couch and she's just sitting there and he's telling her and she's like, you, you did this? And, like, she's looking through the book and, like, then they shoot to, like, a cab scene where she's in a car and she's sitting there and, like, you can see she's crying. Like, you can see the tears. Her face is kind of blacked out. Like, they have, like, a black band around her eyes where you, like, can't really tell what she looks like but like you can see the tears falling so it was just super messed up um so there's also some weird competitiveness between him and his younger brother where his brother kind of alluded to 
saying that he also had these desires, but was able to um, suppress them, I guess. It was just like this weird, like, I'm the better cannibal. No, I'm the better cannibal. Like, it was fucking wrong with this family. Like, what happened to these fucking parents? That's the thing is when you when you look back, they were normal. The only thing is they didn't talk about sex. So if it's important to anyone listening, talk to your kids about sex. (laughs) What the fuck? But also, like, I get it because, like, I never, like, my family, we weren't, we didn't really, we didn't talk about it. Like, no. I mean, my mom kind of left it up for, like, the schools to teach me about. And then, like, if I had any questions, yeah, I would ask her. But, like, also, I didn't really want to have that conversation with my parents. Yeah, no. Hard no. It was more so, like, I would kind of, like, talk to, like, not that I don't feel like I could go to my mom about that because mm-hmm. I have a feeling she's listening. <laughs> she's gonna not, be like, <laughs> not that I feel like I can't go to her about that stuff, but like who wants to talk to their parents about sex? You know? No. It's a no. <laughs> That's a Moving on. No. I don't need to <laughs> yeah. know that. That doesn't exist when I'm around you. <laughs> nope. It does not. Mm, no, nope, nope, nope. Not even. I don't even want no. I don't even don't, want to kiss. Don't even talk. Don't even okay. I didn't know what you were gonna say and I was really scared. What did you think I was gonna say? We know how people are always like, oh yeah, you know, like your parents have sex. No, I don't want you to tell me that. I don't. My I do hold on. <laughs> I, I my feel mom like mom was the Virgin Mary. That's that's how <laughs> I was birthed. <laughs> I I am the second coming of Christ. It is yes. me. <laughs> but can I go off on this tangent? Yeah. So I'm in middle school, right? I don't remember what grade. I think I was in Uh eighth. Who the fuck knows? So we have sex ed, okay? Mm -hmm. I still remember I had flashcards of like different like reproductive things. And my mom was like, Mm -hmm. what are you you looking at? And then I was like, oh, this, this, and this. And she was like, oh. And then went back to like cooking dinner or something. What the fuck is wrong with this child? (laughs) So anyways, they brought in some lady- to like talk to us I guess about sex education all right Mm -hmm. and she first starts off with it's a natural thing you know your grandparents still do it and I was like no first of all you can leave now (laughs) (laughs) like why why would you bring that yeah probably because then she's like if I bring up old people doing it They'll, they'll be so grossed out no one will have sex right <laughs> it's like I still don't I'm so scarred <laughs> you know that definitely scarred me I was like why why yeah. do you have to bring that up but yeah. um so in one of the interviews they were saying like so how have like have you been able to curve your cannibalistic mm-hmm. feelings and whatnot and um <laughs> Issei was saying that even on his way to the train station on the day of the interview, he saw a girl with really nice legs and was thinking about wanting to eat someone again before he died. So (laughs) over the years, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been screaming into this mic this entire time. No, but it will. because guess what? If someone else dies, it's on all them motherfuckers because yeah. you had him. Right. So over the years, Issei is he just really existed um, living outside of Tokyo 
And in 2013, he was hospitalized um, because he had something going on with his brain. Um, Like there was like no oxygen or poor flow or something to his brain Mm -hmm. that resulted in permanent damage in his nervous system. So he lives alone. He's confined to a wheelchair and requires daily assistance from either caregivers or from like his younger brother. Um, no, leave him. <laughs> right. Leave him to rot. Right. Um, so like, he's also had like problems with food, like with his stomach. So Good. he eats out of a feeding tube, but his newest goal in life, because you are all probably wondering is that he wants to be killed slowly and painfully but most of all, by a beautiful woman. I can get behind that. I I second that. I want him to be tortured by a fat, (laughs) hairy, old man. True, yeah. That is what I want. So it's just sad because Renee never got justice for what had happened Mm -hmm. to her. Um even more so infuriating knowing that he's walked free ever Mm -hmm. since is he still alive yes um i want to say he's 76 but let me double check and she was 25 yes and he was like the same age right i think so give or take um he is 72 so that is the story of Issei Sagawa. Almost 50 years. Yep. That's 50 years that Renee didn't get to live. Yeah. And like the fact that like she was known for being such a kind soul and all yeah. she thought she was doing was helping a fellow classmate with school. So, and like I said, as like it's so infuriating to watch these interviews because you almost start to feel bad for him because he talks Mm -hmm. so down on himself but then like you think about what he did and you're like no yeah you deserve to feel that fucking way messed up bro messed up i i have nothing hey guys so future megan here just finishing up some editing before the episode comes out And, um, I realized, per usual, I forgot to cite my sources. And, uh, for the sticklers out there, I just wanted to make sure I popped in here and covered that. So, the videos slash documentaries that I watched, you can find them on YouTube. Um, I watched The Story of Issei Sagawa by This Is Monsters, um, interview with a cannibal. This is that horrifying Vice interview that I watched. Um, he might be more terrifying than you think. Issei Sagawa, mystery and makeup, get ready with me. My lord and savior, Bailey Sarian. And then I also watched, um, The Cannibal That Walked Free, the daily documentary. So all of those you can find on YouTube. And then I also used some Wikipedia sprinkled in there. And I did read multiple articles, but I really didn't take much from them. Um, but yeah, so, and fun fact, this was recorded two weeks ago, 
Sorry, I suck. Um, But it's ironic because today, if you are listening to this episode on the day that it came out, which would be February 8th, it officially marks one year since our first episode for a little thing called murder. And I know Jaden's not here right now, but we both are so appreciative of you guys. Um, Even though we haven't been as consistent, you guys have never stopped and you continue to amaze us. We're just so thankful for the little community that we built. And I hope you guys continue to stay on this little journey with us. It's so fun. Um, Just wanted to do a quick little thank you that I can't believe it's been a year. It's insane. And it's crazy to see how much we've grown. Um, please don't go back to the first episodes because (laughs) we would both say they're rough, but, um, yeah, so just wanted to pop in here real quick and say that, and, um, I'll get back to Jaden and I bullshitting until we decide to end out the episode. So, um, you guys have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Hope it's a great day and um, we'll see you next time, even though the episode will continue. But thanks, guys. Um, Back to your regular scheduled content. So you knew the story. You just didn't remember how it ended up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I, I I don't know if I remember the end because the whole time, well, because I obviously guessed. I was like, this is after this is in both suitcases. Literally in Um, the second sentence. And I was like, oh, God. But yeah, how was that for the first story of 2022? That was good. That was very good. Uh, it kind of, it felt good to be back. Yeah. We'll see you next year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely a doozy for sure. Good things. Um, oh, oh, the thing I was going to say in the beginning. Yes. I did my first solo jury selection. How did that go? Good. I think I have a pretty good jury. um, I like the people I have. Um, And my trial will start on next Wednesday, February 2nd. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. We can't wait to hear all about it in like three years when you're able to talk about it. (laughs) Um, What else? Oh, I... I got this book. I think I probably snapped it to you. It's called the what the fuck's it called? Hold on. <laughs> I think I know the the approximate title, but maybe I didn't. Oh, the I five killer. Ooh. I'm not. I, I I think I'll probably do it eventually. I'm not finished with the book. I read like half of it, and then I started this other book and then so I'll eventually finish I'll eventually finish it but um yeah it's I mean obviously terrible but very good it's an good. animal thing so yeah mm. what about you um my upper is I am going to Florida hey, on Friday I know so my baby brother mm-hmm. turned 21 on the 22nd and the poor the poor kid was supposed to go to Europe with his friends over break 
And like four days before they were supposed to go, their flight was canceled because of COVID. (gasps) So I would have been devastated. He was super upset, rightfully so. Um, My mom went ahead and booked a weekend down in Orlando. um, And we're going to be going drinking around the world to celebrate his 21st to kind of just like make up for like that shittery that happened. Sorry. You can't actually go around the world, so we'll just do around Yeah, the we'll do the next best thing, you know? Yeah. Next best next best thing, but also probably the most expensive thing. Yeah. Aww. But um it should be a lot of fun. Um he's super excited because he hasn't been able to go to Galaxy's Edge yet at Hollywood Studios. Though mm. so I booked him time to make his own lightsaber and everything. That's so cool. Yeah. So um anyone who wants to go down and make these lightsabers do you they are so expensive but like when I told him the legit price his face dropped because he knew it was going to be expensive Mm -hmm. so I was like happy birthday I'll foot the other half (laughs) like so how much are they $220 but like it's like legit metal and like yeah but if you think about it my one friend I'm pretty sure she just got her hair done and it was that much. That's about how mine's going to be when I get my perm. <laughs> like I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't splurge myself that often. I might do my hair too. Um, I'll show you a picture after, but yeah, I think I'm thinking of doing my hair too. Oh, it's right here. Splurge it. But like flipped. Ooh. So yeah, that's obviously really cute. blonde. Yeah. Black or dark brown or something. But anyway, but that yeah. would be very cute. Thanks. Yeah, splurge on yourself. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, I was looking back at pictures when I dyed my hair dark, darker. Mm-hmm. Like I just did like a straight, like dark brown. Like I know I wanted to get my hair repermed again because I loved when my hair was super curly mm-hmm. and it's grown out since. So I was flipping back and forth between like, mm, I think I'm just going to go with the perm again. So it'll be ready for summer yeah so that'll be in april but um yeah so make sure you don't you don't shower and ruin the high glocolate you know i couldn't remember the whole the full term thank you l i will keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's funny yeah yeah i won't i won't shower for 24 hours to keep my curls intact but anyway so yeah that's that's also why I don't wash my hair every day. Oh, I don't wash my hair every day. It's not good. So for your I hair. was, I was, I was making a joke because everyone's always like, "Oh, you should shower more." It's like, no, I can't. I can't ruin the high glock like late. Yep. <laughs> true though. True though. So now I, I promised my mom. She said I'm not allowed to go down to Disney until I take Christmas down, and I've been putting that off because. I haven't had the motivation to, so I'm going to do that. Wait, why? Because, I mean, I tip, it's, it's the rule of thumb. No, I'm saying, why do you have to take it down? Because it's almost February and my house still looks like Christmas is next week. You got to have some joy and hope in the world. Yeah, but now when I look at it, it's like, I need (laughs) to take that down. (laughs) Okay. I was just trying to help you out. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But um, so our co-star. I oh, pulled up here. Ooh, I got you, Jaden. 
you have a refined capacity to gather information, and Megan is learning to resolve subtlety. You two can think of possibilities beyond mundane reality. Be direct. Clear communication is a form of trust. Communicate in sense? What? <laughs> what? Let me click on so it. So mine, because mine has a different ending. Kind of. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it says, Megan, you have a refined capacity to daydream. Yeah. And Jaden <laughs> is learning to resolve conflicting ideas. You two can think of possibilities beyond mundane reality. Be direct. Clear communication is form of trust. That was, that was my ending. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> my brain is just totally done. Checked out. I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I uh, amuse you. You do. <sighs> but Dude, all I fucking do is daydream. That should be my job. I wish. I know. But um, we love you guys. Um, Hit us up at Twitter that we don't use is ALTC murder. <laughs> um, Instagram is a little thing called murder. Our Gmail is a little thing called murder at gmail.com. And also give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And because, keep sharing us with your friends. Because did you hear that episode? Did you hear that yeah. research I put in? Girl. Megan is feeling herself. Honestly, I was really proud of myself. (laughs) So, yeah. If you have any questions, probably just reach us on our Instagram because that's what we check the most and we still don't. We just suck at posting in general. But, hey, when we come up, we show up to have fun and it's a great ass time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, don't forget to trust your gut. Because it's better to be fucking safe than fucking sorry. And don't eat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. 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 Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We'll see you next time.